You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Laugh Button Podcast. I am Matt Kleinschmidt, your host and commander-in-chief. Commander-in-chief? No, I'm your editor-in-chief of the LifeButton.com. With me is Bram Teitelman from Metal Insider. How you doing, Bram? Uh, I'm great. I'm not a commander-in-chief. <laughs> I'm not that commanding. Well, Bram. Uh, so, Bram, this week uh, uh, on the podcast, we have uh, the one and only Seth Olenek. He is a comedy photographer. Chances are, if you've seen a photo of Mark Maron in the last five or six years... I have. It, it is a photo that Seth Olenek has taken. Seth uh, put together a nice, really great book called Funny Business, and uh, he basically gave me a copy of this book a couple months back, and this book is massive and huge, and it's got some great fo- photos of literally everyone that runs the gamut from you know your John Hams and, uh, and your, your celebrities down to like actual stand-up comics and, and up-and-coming people, too. And he also took a photo of pictures of a lot of comedians before they became famous, too. So we sit down, we break it down, we break down his entire uh, his entire job and career uh, as, a, as a comedy photographer. Yeah, I guess so. It's uh, it's good to have you back, Bram. I missed you. I missed me, too. Hey, oh, does that work that way? I don't know if it works no, that way. No, it doesn't. If down you miss there. yourself, then you should probably check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, Jesus you Christ, yourself. man. Jeez. What? We're supposed to be young and hip for the millennials. Don't push you me, because say- I'm close to the edge. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ, you went back even further. I'm sorry. Today uh, was a good day so far. Uh, and this is why you need to follow Bram from Metal Insider on Inst- on Twitter <laughs> at <laughs> Bramphetamine. All the fresh lingo. All the all the fresh fresh it's lingo dope. for the kids to get the dope. It's the crazy, dopest. stupid. So uh, I'm glad you're back, Bram. Uh, last week I was by myself, which sucks because you're sitting in a room talking and you're just like, I hope someone's listening to me. Did you ever try to throw it over to someone? <laughs> what do you think, me? What do you think, me? Well, me? No, I'm not that. I'm not that talented. Yeah. I don't really have that ability in myself, so I don't really, uh, I don't try to, to kick it to myself. But uh, you're back. I'm glad you're back because it's been a while since uh, I've seen you. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you, yet I see you all the time because you sit like right next to me. So right across from each other. You're it's, running, it's you're running awful, all actually. things metal. I'm running all things comedy. As, it's a good uh, thing we're both attractive gentlemen, or else we'd be sick of each other. Are we? Mm. Are we really both attractive gentlemen? We have a great podcast look. <laughs> we do. We have a face for podcast, <laughs> a face for pod, as, as, they, as they say. So, uh, so what's what's new with you, man? What you up to? Uh, you know, uh, running Metal Insider is a very exciting thing. Got to hang out with Mastodon, my boys in Mastodon. I the don't Don. If if any of our uh, listeners haven't seen the video for Show Yourself, uh, first of all, Brian Persane's in he it. Is in the, he is in the video. Second of all, it would be hysterical even if he wasn't in it. It's a yeah. really phony, good video, uh, and uh, you should see it and buy their new album, Emperor's Hand, <laughs> in stores now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a plug for the Don. Never never mind plugging the Don. Never have a problem with that, because the Mastodon actually has a great sense of humor. There's really some there's some really really funny dudes so yeah i don't know if you saw them on uh kimmel the other day but the drummer braun was wearing a silk screened harambe shirt it <laughs> said in loving memory in loving memory of the harambe yeah no i did not see that actually well there you have it so bram tons of stuff is going on in the country. tons of stuff lots of new specials lots of new pickups buddy this week alone we're looking at one two three four Five about five or six like big television events or uh, or TV streaming watching events that are happening this week. Basically, we have ourselves. Uh, well, let's start it off. The week started off with Louis C.K. special premiering on Netflix, 2017. 
That's like Sinatra dropping an album. <laughs> sure. And what 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 do you mean by that? He is uh, at the top of his game. Everyone knows who Louis C.K. is. He's oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, I, I'm not saying he's like Sinatra in terms of his voice, but everyone knows who he is, and he's the gold standard of comedy right now. There you go. Okay, I, I'll I'll buy that gold standard of comedy. Got it, Louis C.K. Yeah, his his special dropped 2017. Netflix has been on a tear. I feel like, I feel like broken record when we talk about this because like every week it's like yeah another new baller comedian has new record special coming out but like you know Amy Schumer into Dave Chappelle into Louis C.K. this week also Brian Regan announced he was doing two specials for comedy for our Netflix which is crazy because Brian Regan's one of those guys where he doesn't have a TV show he's never been really a TV kind of guy he doesn't really do anything other than just tour and beat stand-up comic but the guy fucking sells out theaters and arenas all over the country and he's constantly on the road because he is like he's masterful at that the most recent thing you might know Brian Regan from was he did a live stand-up show at Radio City Music Hall for Comedy Central about two years ago and uh, that was pretty awesome but Brian Regan's one of those guys super well-respected he's very clean but like every comic loves him so uh, he's definitely a dude to kind of keep your eye out for he has he has a special as well, well keep your eye out for I say like like people like he's a new guy Brian Regan's around yeah. for 20 fucking years up and coming yeah, he's Regan. up and coming Brian Regan okay so Louie put out a special which is is receiving really great reviews it's very it's a very Louis special where he starts off talking about like ridiculous stuff and just kind of never lets up from that. Abortion. He's just like, hey, abortion, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, let's talk about abortion. Like he goes into that, <laughs> which is kind of funny because a lot of comedians have, I don't want to say they've gotten themselves into hot water, but there is a very, there's a much smaller threshold for tolerance when it, in 2017 than there might have been even in even three years ago for as far as what comics say, what comics do. And like even Chappelle, he taped his special, his most recent, his two specials, one he did in October and one he did in 2015. And a lot of people had some problems with what he was even talking about in the 2015 special. Sure, the whole transsexual thing. Yeah, he made the transsexual jokes and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, even and Amy Schumer caught some shit on her most recent special too, which is like, these people are masters at their stuff. Like, why are we even not giving them the slight benefit of the doubt I, I, have, I have a suggestion or a thought why I mean I think comedy is as big as it's ever been and the barrier for entry is a lot lower like yeah. I don't mean barrier for entry but you have to commit to going to a taping or going to a special or buying an album and now if you have a Netflix subscription which many people do mm-hmm. and some, and an Amy Schumer or Dave Chappelle puts a special out you're going to listen to it and yeah. you know I think that it's a lot easier to find quality comedy from megastars I think so too I also think I think it's, it's one of two things one is the nature the whatever you want to call it the PC culture the whatever it is the SJW culture of comedy so comedians I feel like they're criticized quicker especially with the rise of social media they're criticized quicker it's almost like we used to we used to listen to politicians and laugh at comedians and now we're like almost laughing at politicians and listening to them comedians so I think there's that I think you know because of what they talk about their social commentary it's definitely viewed as a stricter thing I also think that what you're talking about the barrier to their entry it's kind of has something to do with it some comics might not necessarily be ready for a special but they're maybe getting a special green lit at like maybe year seven eight for comics that used to might get green lit for a special at like maybe like 10 or 11 12 so I do think with the influx of more outlets for people looking for this content there's a million different places you could stream comedy content these days there's a million different networks that are focusing on content that there's a demand for more comics and they're put and the pool of competent comics i think isn't necessarily growing because it takes 
10 years, 15 years, 16 years. Like your guys like Bill Burr, your guys like Joe Rogan, your guys like Louis C.K., those guys are like 17 plus, 18 plus years in the game. And one thing I don't think a lot of people remember is Amy Schumer still is, she might be at 10, at 10 years in the game at this point. She definitely got a jump early in her career. And it's actually interesting to see her happen because, you know, she might be making mistakes an eight or nine year comic might make that like maybe a 20 year comic might not do the same thing. So I'm not saying she's not a master or good, but I am saying that Amy Schumer, for as big as she is, she definitely is, quote unquote, earlier in her comedy career than, say, a Joe Rogan or a Bill Burr or Louis C.K. Sure. There's you know. some, yeah, I mean, there's some people very late in their comedy career doing weird things. Well, there's some <laughs> Bill calls me, and uh, <laughs> well, it's, it sounds like he's been doing weird things for a while, though. Yeah, there's some. There's, I feel like every like month there's a new legal development on the Bill Cosby case too. So, right now his case, they just released something this week about like uh, there's there's something some sort of deposition that basically he could potentially get ten years for this stuff, which the argument is well, that's a death sentence. It's a, it's a death sentence, basically, is what they're saying. So I don't know, man. I don't know. So okay, so Louis has a special out, and then Wednesday night we're looking at the premieres of IFC's new show Brock Myers starring Hank Azaria uh, we're also looking at the premiere of True TV's uh, talk show The Game Show with Guy Braunham we actually did an interview with Guy that's going to go live on the website uh, it might actually be live by the time you even read this too but and we also saw a talk show The Game Show taped down at South by Southwest it's a brand new show the whole idea behind it is he has guests on and they almost get ratings or they get scored based on their talk show conversation with Guy if they take a sip of water it's so many points if they name drop someone it's certain points if they get a laugh at certain points and then they tally it all up at the end and they give people like points but guys involved with it Laurie Kilmartin was involved with it um, and as well as uh, I'm spacing on his name but his uh, his scoring partner who's like this got this encyclopedic knowledge of the show and Wanda Sykes has come and executive produced the show too so True TV should have it out there it's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry not Laurie Kilmartin Callum Karen Kilgareth. I was like, why did I say Laura Kilmartin? As soon as I said, I was like, I'm wrong on this. Yeah, so that that premieres on True TV on Wednesday night. Thursday, you're looking at what's your fucking deal from Jay Okerson and Cesar dropping. Entire season is dropping at one for binge watching. So you basically get all eight or nine episodes. Uh, I think it's eight episodes or ten episodes you can get on that. One one taping. And everyone is fucking in this. I mean, like, you're talking about Attell, Bobby Kelly, Gina Yashere, Dante Nero, Joe DeRosa, all of, basically all of his friends. Uh, the goddamn Comedy Jam showed up. Also, <laughs> uh, Tony Clifton showed up on this whole thing this this season, so it's kind of crazy. I actually went to a taping of this with Mark. It was actually, the taping we went to was election night. And it was interesting watching people who were clearly getting updates from their phones as far as what was going on. And it was a room in New York, so obviously it very, very much leaned liberally and more towards Clinton. And just watching the face on people as the taping was happening, as the, the election results were rolling in, people were like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyone walk out? Nobody walked out, but it was one of those things because of the time it was taped, it was clearly taped, obviously, to come out now. So, like, you couldn't talk about the election as it was happening and unfolding in real time. And the whole point of a crowd work show is that it happens in real time. Sure. So it was one of those things where it was like, no one, none of the comics could talk about what was happening, but everyone kind of, like, had was quietly acknowledging what the fuck was going on. So it was a very weird night for this taping that happened for some people. So I, I remember specifically after the taping running into Charlie from South by Southwest. Charlie, right. he, he coordinates all the, the comedy programming for South by Southwest. And he, uh, he, was a, he, was a, he was a Clinton supporter uh, from what I understand. And we were talking about Bill or Hillary? <laughs> the, this election was Hillary. But we were talking about him. And, and he was like, hey, what's going on? Because like, you know, there's people that are like, wow, this is really happening. Or like, 
she would lose a state that, that people thought she would win. And, and, I, and I saw in the Charlie we were talking about, and as I left, I remember specifically saying to Charlie, God help us every one of us as we were walking away, because he was going into the leading <laughs> team as I was walking in. I just remember that specifically in my head. So I, I kind of always have a memory of where I was the day and night that Donald Trump got elected. And it's associated with what's your fucking deal from Jay Okerson, which is kind of funny in the year. So that's premiering this week. And then we got, so we got what's your fucking deal. And then we, at the end of the week, it's being tapped off with Louis C.K. I'm sorry, Friday, Steve Burns' new special, just tell the uh, tell the damn joke. That premieres uh, on Showtime. And then Friday, we got Louis C.K. hosting SNL. So it's like a you jam. Mean Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday, we have Lucy K hosting SNL. So we have ourselves a jam-packed week of stand-up comedy and comedy this week. It's it's nuts, man. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, I know you want to contribute to it, but there's nothing else to add. It's no, like, really, I mean, like, basically, like, if yeah, you want to yeah. laugh, you have plenty, plenty of options. You have plenty going on. Uh, also, oh, and then Sunday, you got T.J. Miller's new show, The Goreburger Show, premiering as well, which is, I don't know how to describe The Goreburger Show. It's basically T.J. Miller voices like uh, an alien who comes down and crashes like a Japanese talk show and basically takes it over. It's really weird. It's super weird. It's super awesome. It started off as a web series on Funny or Die for like two seasons, and it got greenlit. But I feel like this is a... a this is TJ Miller had had has said in an article like this is his Deadpool where it was like his passion project and like Ryan Reynolds he was just trying for a very very long time to get it greenlit and on the air and now it's on the air and it's bonkers man but like at the same time like big time comics have already appeared on the show bands like I, I remember Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was on the web series it was just like so bonkers so it'll be interesting interesting to see uh, you know what what it's like for, with probably a bigger budget and yeah, yeah. his him being way more well known than exactly, he was. Exactly. And and the late night format is they're doing some really interesting twists with late night. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that happened in the late night. I mean, first of all, you have the Eric Andre show, which is this crazy twist on how late night talk shows should work, which is bonkers. Then you have the TJ Miller with Goreburger, but then there's a lot of other late night developments happening as well, too. I mean, this week they, they talked about Stephen Colmer quote unquote remixing his his uh Oh yeah, his reruns. His reruns where he just kinda of tapes a new fresh intro and then they go back, which is interesting and there's um, some new interviews actually that I yeah think and he's trying to capitalize basically on the fact that he's literally been number one in the late night rating since uh basically since the top of the year which is interesting because he was he was losing the Fallon for yeah the while. other guys fell on in the ratings <laughs> see what i did there i see what you did there <laughs> hey, I, I don't uh, know if i'm happy with what you did there uh, i'm not okay cool uh the other thing uh going on this week that uh, as far as late night they greenlit a late night show for eliza slesinger her podcast, Truth and Eliza, basically got greenlit for a couple a uh, couple episode run on like I think I want to say six or seven episodes on Freeform, which is the formerly ABC Family Channel. Anthony Adamanuik, who is for many people that are familiar with the, that follow him during the presidential election, he is the Trump version of the Trump versus Bernie. James Adomian used to do the Bernie Sanders, and they basically uh, had this whole thing going on the entire election. They do a tour on this. Uh, it's basically two improv guys doing like superb impressions of each one of these presidential candidates, and they they basically toured on it. It was recorded as an album. Uh, Fusion picked it up and actually did a little bit of election coverage with those guys. But now they're doing a full blown late night show with him called the President Show. It's great. Yeah, Anthony's uh, basically doing Donald Trump, who who is the whole premise is. Donald Trump doesn't trust the mainstream media, so he's doing his own show out of the White House, of the White House Oval Office, which I think is kind of funny. If it's better than That's My Bush, then... You know what? I was thinking about that, too. I was like, this is now the second time Comedy Central has greenlit a show about a president with That's My Bush. They didn't do anything for Obama. Well... I could kind of see why. I, I, you know what it is. I don't. I'm, I don't think it's a liberal versus conservative thing. I think it's more of a Obama didn't really give you much to mock. 
No, he wasn't funny. He wasn't like se. a funny, goofy kind of person. You weren't like, what a farce of a human being. Yeah, and I and I think that's why a lot of people were... were I, I remember a lot of when, when Trump was first, first elected versus Obama, there was a the whole question of like, well, why wasn't Obama skewed as much as Trump was? And I think the reality is, I think Barack Obama didn't really have much of... He didn't have weird... I mean, he had quirks because every character has quirks that you can imper- do impersonations of, but I don't think he had like huge, giant, caricature, boisterous, ridiculous things on the bottom that like a George W. Bush or Donald Trump would have. So I think that's why he wasn't like lambasted in that way, as, as other people think questioned, basically. Who knows? The other thing, late night, the big one, Jordan Klepper. Did you hear about this? I did not. Jordan Klepper, the correspondent from The Daily Show. Yep. He was basically tapped to be the new 1130 time slot, a.k.a formerly the Colbert Report, formerly the Nightly Show. Sure. So they're looking at Jordan Klepper to kind of basically replace the Nightly Show. The Nightly Show, as we know, I think was a great show, and I think it was a very important show, and it was unfortunately canceled. Never found its audience, apparently. It really didn't. Never found its audience. I think it was... I don't know if the audience... The audience was was a little bit trying to reach... It was trying to give a voice to marginalized voices, which I think was very important. It also was trying to reach a younger audience, if I'm not mistaken, with like you know the incorporation of younger writers onto the show. But I think at the end of the day, it just never really found its footing, and its ratings weren't doing well, and they gave it about a year, and it never did anything. And unfortunately, the Comedy Central went and canceled it, and they've since moved at midnight to the 11.30 slot, so it's not really named after the show anymore. And they're always looking for a replacement. This Jordan Klepper show is looking to be that replacement which is kind of like and Jordan kind of plays this buffoony kind of almost a little fratty kind of character on The Daily Show and I think it's going to be a play on that I think they're looking for the closest thing that kind of mimics what Stephen Colbert's Colbert Report was and uh, who knows maybe it'll it'll do well but Trevor Noah's actually done a nice uptick in the ratings he's done a nice 180 his show I feel like is starting to really gel and he's finding a voice and I think right now they're going to launch and see if they can get a companion show back on the air because that 11 o'clock slot for time for Comedy Central is a big slot man yeah. 11 o'clock and 11.30 you need a spreadsheet to keep what's going on keep up with everything <laughs> I know on. I know no. So many late night shows, which so is many a good thing. Shows. It is. It's a, it's a, but it's also a format. I think some guys are like just sticking to the original format, and some people are really fucking with. A la Gorberger, a la Eric, like, Andre. Eric Andre. I, th- I do think that there's uh, there's some more room to fuck around with it than just like have a white dude in a tie deliver a monologue and some jokes. So that's interesting. But I think that's everything we got going on in the comedy space. I mean, uh, in the late night space for the last uh, you know week or so too. That's enough. Yeah, I, it really is enough. It really, really is enough. And uh, one of the last things I want to touch upon before we get to our interview with uh, Seth Olenek, I want to touch upon the fact that Bill Hicks is releasing a new album. Really? Well, I haven't seen him do any press for it. <laughs> well, Bill Hicks, uh, he basically passed away, obviously. He passed away in 93, 94 of pancreatic cancer. And uh, they're basically they're releasing his live at the Montreal Comedy Festival, a.k.a. Just for Laughs. They're releasing that that set that, that was recorded there uh, from JFL. So it's kind of like Bill Hicks being peak Bill Hicks. A lot of the material, from what I understand, became Revelations. They, they, they especially has, but they're releasing this too. Who has uh, who has more albums after they died? Mm-hmm. Tupac, Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix or Bill well. Hicks? I think Hendrix. Hendrix has okay, a okay. lot. I mean, Bill Hicks, like you're basically just Bill Hicks. A lot of it just recycling off like a lot of his own recorded content. But I think I think Hendrix beat, beats them all. It's still great though. I mean, it's almost like a a jazz album. It's almost like someone like Sonny Rollins coming out with an album or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, know, I, like it's basically a diff, different riffs on the same themes. And yeah. You can hear some of his material probably come together and mm-hmm. almost throughout the course of listening to the same joke over a couple different albums, hear it come into its own. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I th- one of the great things about, like, I mean, one of the reasons Jimi Hendrix has so many posthumous records is because that guy apparently literally recorded everything. He'd go to club, he'd go to the, the studio after hours and sit in the studio, and they would just roll tape on like jam sessions you do for hours. So I think that's why there's a lot of those Jimi Hendrix releases out there. But who knows? Hicks was a fan of Hendrix, so maybe he, uh, maybe that's what he strived for. I don't know. Probably but uh, with that being said, let's go toss this to our interview with Seth Olenek, photographer, comedy photographer of the comedy stars. Uh, Seth. Seth actually sat down with me and we talked about uh, everything that he's doing from this book that he put out called Funny Business to his life as a comedy photographer and uh, the ups and downs and told some really great behind the scenes stories. So let's toss it to Seth Olenek. Hi, Seth. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, Matt. How Seth, are you? I'm great, dude. I'm great. Because I have you on here because just so you guys know, Seth Olenek is a terrific photographer and he photographs some of the most iconic Comedy comedy characters, I would say, in the, in the comedy biz. Is, yeah. that, is that safe to say? I like to say that. Yeah, yeah, let's definitely say that, too. So <laughs> that's what we're saying. So, Seth, you're awesome because basically you uh, you photographed, uh, if you name the person, chances are you've shot them. It's it's very likely. Yeah. At least a 75 to 90% chance. There you go. So, actually, so I wanted to have you on this podcast for Fusions. One, you put out what might be one of the most awesome books like this thing first of all has some heft to it yeah it's called funny business and it's basically a f- coffee table book about or just a collection of all your best your best photos with little stories behind each and every one of them so yeah I'm, well each person wrote their own little caption to go with yeah. their photo and every photo was specifically shot for the book so oh i didn't know that it was, oh, yeah. sp- it was specifically for the book yeah oh so it wasn't just like you know you're on assignment for something like oh that was no. cool I, oh. I gave myself the assignment and I followed through and uh, and the boss was happy. <laughs> boss being you, I'm assuming. Boss being me. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, like, everyone's in this book. I mean, you have David Cross, you have Jane Lynch, Bobby Lee, Reggie Watts, Aubrey Plaza, Human Giant, John Hamm. I mm-hmm. mean, the list goes on and on. The state. The state. Yeah. It's incredible. Whitest kids you know. So how long did it take you to, how long did it take you to put a book like this together? So from concept to sending it off to the printer was almost seven years are you kidding me wow yeah. that long yeah That's so incredible. the first shoot that i did was march 26 2007 that was todd barry and the last one that i did was july 21st uh sorry july 20th Wow, you know, uh, you know 2013. To, you know it down to the fucking date, yeah, dude. It was my friend's birthday, and I used his son in the photo, and it was with Judah Friedlander. Oh, so if so you good. see that photo, it's my friend's son who was oh, 10 weeks old at the time. That's super cool, man. I mean, like, and it's and it's not just like a guy sitting on a stoop in the photo. I mean, like the cover art is David Cross in the shower. Mm-hmm. You have like, <laughs> like I'll turn to a random page. It's like okay, here's Chelsea Peretti in front of like a birthday cake. Yeah, uh, smashed. Like, yeah. Like a smash birthday cake, the candles are still burning. It's like, what the hell's going on? I mean, like Tignataro, this is like pre-success boom Tignataro photos that we're yeah. looking at here too. So. Yeah, a lot of these people. So, you know, the, the original concept of this was, hey, let me try and get some like bigger name people mm-hmm. and also some up and comers and kind of mix them together in a book. I was I was going to shoot 20 to 30. That was my original okay. pitch to the... There's definitely more than that in this book. Yeah, a few more. <laughs> No, the, the original like seven people that I emailed, that was the pitch. Hey, I want to photograph you and 20 to 30 other people and then put a book out. You know, obviously it was very naive yeah. to think that that's how it worked. But yeah, each time I did a shoot, you know, the person would, you know, was gracious enough to like pass me on to one, two, three of their friends. There were a handful of people that actually um, 
helped me out to get a lot more than that. So Paul Shear, Scott, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. It's like you have all of Human Giant when they were still Human Giant. Yeah. So it's Aziz and Paul. Yeah. And like they look so goddamn young in this photo. Yeah. Man. And those guys. So yeah, Paul was the one that I originally reached out to, and he invited me to the set of uh, of Human Giant in um, January 2008, I believe it was, and yeah, got to got to shoot some stuff on set. That was partially on assignment as well um the photos ended up on cmj magazine like the cover and the inside story yeah that's crazy with the monkey from the uh carpet brothers sketch Mm -hmm. that they did yeah and then and through that i i decided okay when i'm gonna shoot like groups i'm also gonna shoot each person individually gotcha so again aziz you know when i shot him on his own he had just moved to la because he had gotten the role in parks and rec so we're talking about like on the cusp Yeah. yeah A little bit right so. before Tom Haberford. And, and and obviously, you know, Paul Shear being a huge fan that he is uh, of, of movies, it's no mistake that he worked. He's, he used to work at a blockbuster and talks about. So you you got it back in like the teen days of Paul Shear. Yeah, no, he uh, that was that was a great one. Um, yeah, he got that T-shirt and I was like, hey, let's uh, let's go to Blockbuster on Sunset <laughs> and let's pour some beer on the. Uh, on the pour, ground. Pour it out for the homies. <laughs> Make people think you're an actual employee. <laughs> yeah. So these people, so the photos, I mean, they're, I would say they're staged, but they're not like, oh, like, you know, look for best light, like portraits. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's Nick Offerman who's chewing on, literally, looks like just wood, and he's got mm-hmm. like, the beaver teeth. So, like, do you come up with these concepts, or do you talk with the with the comics about them, or do you just know yeah. about their personality when no, you do it's, that? No, it's or? a little bit of everything. Um, you know, a lot of them, I'm familiar with their work mm-hmm. for, for years, and so, obviously, you know... Nick is a big woodshop guy. Yeah. Um, I knew that uh, my studio uh, in Brooklyn at the time was upstairs from a woodshop. Mm-hmm. So I talked to the guy and I said, hey, you know, can I bring this guy down here and, and do this? And he was nice enough to let us do that. Nick was nice enough to put wood shavings onto his uh, into his mustache. And um, it, it's a collaborative thing, too. I, I like to come to the table with an idea and then if if the person I'm photographing says, okay, well, you know, let's do that, but let's do it with like this twist or, okay. you know, so it kind of ends up being a collaborative thing in the end. Sometimes it's straight up something that they have. Sometimes it's an idea that I've had in my mind, like Lance Crawl, the photo of him is actually his daughter on a piece of bread and he's making a, a baby sandwich basically. Yeah. So he's, he's about to smear some uh, mayonnaise on her. There's like lettuce and and all that um and that's that was kind of an idea that i came up with when i got to his house and kind of looked around that that's that's another thing that i like to do when i get to there if i photograph the person at their home which a lot of these people were photographed in their homes i'll walk around for like five ten minutes just kind of see hey you know where can we do this and um, yeah, so for him, you know, I ran out to Whole Foods, grabbed all the stuff I needed, and <laughs> and we did that. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how candid some of these photos are. I mean, like there's photos of like like uh, basically a naked Danny Putty in a in a, in a sink. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have a you you have a naked Ed Helms. Yeah. I mean, lots like, of naked guys. Yeah, there is like the naked yeah. page. No there's naked Os- women. There's Asif Manvi. There's uh, oh yeah, naked Ed Helms. Like how yeah. do you? That's the Daily Show section. Oh okay, so so. Yeah. How do you have the conversation of like, hey, 
yeah, would you mind getting naked? Like, is that just an easy? Co- or is it their idea? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's it's what the shot requires. Okay. And um, for for like Asif, the idea was, hey, you're being birthed from this tree, so why would you be born with clothes on? So yeah, that made sense. Um, <laughs> Danny, why you know why would you be taking a bath in a sink with your with your shirt on? Yeah, um, I mean, if you put it that way, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. But Bobby Lee, I, I'm I'm trying to remember. I I don't remember if it was my request or just him. I was gonna say, wanting to get totally naked for Bobby Lee. I feel like you don't yeah. need to ask. He shows up naked. Yeah, yeah. nobody else was fully naked. By the way, every <laughs> it was just tops. Tops off, you know. I, I try to be respectful of my subjects. I try, you know. I I, I don't want to come off as, uh, you know, what a lot of people perceive as the the photographer persona. Yeah. Trying to get people naked. I just try to get men to take <laughs> no, their tops off. No, I don't mean it. I don't mean, and I didn't mean it that way. It's just like it's just funny. Like I, there happens to be a stretch of like, oh, everyone's going naked. Too. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting in that way. But um. Obviously, this isn't your first. You you don't just wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to be a photographer and have an undertaking like this. Right. This is like a hundred and I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty pages or so mm-hmm. of stand-up comics or comedians or funny people just in that. So your career obviously started long before yeah. this book. So how deep into 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 photographing comedians and subjects and musicians too? I know you yeah. you photograph musicians as well. How deep into it were you before you take on an undertaking like this? So, I mean, I I came to New York in 97 and within my first probably week here, I knew that I wanted to do photography and and you know, I was going to um I was going to like punk rock shows, mm-hmm. taking photos of the bands. You know, when I look back on the photos, they're they're not great, but the spirit's there. Yeah, okay. And and really, you know, when when you're doing that kind of photography, that's that's what's important. Some people may disagree, <laughs> but uh, kind of immersed myself in that world. Started working for a, a record label, was photographing their bands, and then like in two thousand two two thousand three, I started working for Hebe magazine. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like a Jewish version of Vice for yep. those who, who don't know. And um, I was the photo editor. And anytime we had a, a comedian that needed to be photographed, I kind of took it upon myself to do it. I'd photographed Todd Barry that way, Eugene Merman, Dimitri Martin. So, you know, all these people, I kind of, you know, I guess that's kind of, what, you know, you could say what I cut my teeth on okay. as far as the, the comedy world. And I wasn't going for like super funny photos or anything and and even now like i'm not always going for that sometimes the the situation calls for it um sometimes you just want a really nice portrait but yeah uh, when i ended up leaving hebe i was like all right uh, i'm gonna embark on a long-term project and that was you know what i was saying the 20 to 30 photos which turned into i think closer to like 240 or so which i narrowed down to 200 for the book how i mean how do you cut how do you choose who to cut yeah, that was tough because there actually were some like big name people that I had to cut partially because I needed everybody to write a caption for the book and some people didn't get back to me. You know, it wasn't always their fault. You know, I think some of the email addresses I had probably were old. So, you know, ultimately I, I had to leave them out. And some people, you know, kind of over the years, somebody will be like, oh, shoot me. <laughs> and and I it, you know I wasn't the kind of person who's like no I think some of the people didn't really fit and I I, I liked to uh, to look at this 
this book as like you know for me the ben stiller show back in what 92 is was kind of like really been that long yeah it's been that long yeah 25 years oh that's terrible (laughs) but that was kind of like i i feel like that's where my my comedy taste shifted and then you know later the state and even like I, i'd say they're all gonna laugh at you adam sandler's record oh, and, i uh, i wore that record oh, yeah. inside and out yeah that one and yeah. also uh, no cure for cancer oh, Dennis of course. Leary. yeah i mean uh, so you and i are probably about the same age so we probably had like a very very similar upbringing but i remember like oh, they're all gonna laugh at you me and my buddy frank we'd play we'd shoot basketball in his in his yard in mm-hmm. his uh, driveway and we'd listen to that fucking record Every day, every day for a solid year, because that was the time when and hey, kiddies, here you go. You had to work uh, a full week to earn enough money to buy a CD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, twenty something dollars. Yeah, in a big cardboard. Yeah, uh, they had the big cardboard (laughs) pack, or like I think they were just kind of coming over to the regular jewel cases around that time. But you know, it cost you like fifteen, sixteen bucks. Some places, well, that was if it was like the release week, they would Mm -hmm. charge you less, or it would cost you about twenty bucks. So like, you would have to work to buy a CD. So guess what? You're listening to that one fucking CD. Yep. Until you could buy the next CD, yep. so uh, like albums like that just kind of, are kind of ingrained in your memory. And they're mm-hmm. all going to laugh at you. It was absolutely one of those records where I was like, Jesus Christ! Like that really did shape a lot of my mm-hmm. early comedy, uh, as it sounds like it did yours as well. Yeah, so yeah, great. definitely. And then No Cure for, but, Cure for Cancer, same idea. Like, I mean, No Cure for Cancer, I pretty much memorized, um, yeah. and I, I did. Um, I took drama classes in high school, oh, yeah. and I had to do a monologue, and and the monologue I chose was like one of the tracks. From, oh, really? Uh, no cure for cancer and i actually sat there and wrote it out like listening to it rewinding it you know writing it and uh, memorized that but um yeah th- those things all those things together kind of shaped me uh comedically and so when i thought of like what this book would be i always thought ben stiller show the state and you know even like some of the snl years yeah have that in the center and then just have like a bunch of lines coming off and how everything else is connected because if you if you think about it almost all the people in in my book are connected in one way or another and it all goes back to one of those shows um, yeah i mean i'm looking at just your index and and the state which i know you you were very proud of those photos we'll get into that story in, in a second but mm-hmm. i mean like you know literally everyone who was in like what had american summer is in here like chris down to like christopher maloney you know mm-hmm. and, and, <laughs> and and what and h john benjamin and you got who else we got carrie kenny silver obviously yeah. uh but yeah did, it, did not get uh brad Bradley, <laughs> no, unfortunately. But uh, so let, let's go to the stakes. I know. Oh, I just happened to glance over the, the naked Bobby Lee photo. <laughs> <laughs> this this must be like I don't know if it's painful or, or what for the people listening who are, or just have to rely on us to, Listen, to describe photos. Here's, but here's what we're going to do: we're going to put these photos online. We're going to put a link to to your to your website where people can kind of check this out, and we'll give like the visual elements that go along with it too. So okay, let's, perfect. So yeah, so we'll. Talk Totally make this happen, Seth. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, Seth. Don't worry. We will, I, we will showcase it's, it's the because work. I care about the listeners. I know. I know. That's, I know. You know it's, it's not about me trying to sell more books. <laughs> well, the easiest. But you can buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> the listen. Everyone knows your your your. I feel like everyone who's looked at a Mark Maron press photo in the last <laughs> seven years knows your work. Yeah. Because they're always using it. There's mm-hmm. there's the one with the black button up cardigan mm-hmm. where he's kind of looking very. Sideways glance. Militant is yeah. kind of almost look, and there's the one of him sitting on the couch. Yeah, like but his the feet, are, but his feet are on the red couch, mm-hmm. and he's sitting on the back. So if you've read a story 
in a magazine or newspaper with Mark Mar- about Mark Marin, which I'm sure you have in the last ten years if you mm-hmm. listen to this podcast. Like that's your work. So this the- is like early WTF Mark Marin yeah, too. Just, 100%. just for the record. One hundred percent. So you were like on the ground floor. I'm not I'm not taking that away from you. But like does that like fuck with your mind every time you see your photo? Or are you like psyched because maybe I get some sort of money out of that? Yeah, I I mean, you know, it, it varies. It okay. varies. For the most part, I love seeing my photos being used, you know, when my name is attached to it, that's even better. <laughs> of course. When people know that I shot it. I mean, you know, that that's the whole idea. I, I don't want to take these photos and just, you know, hoard them. Yeah. And and that was like the the kind of painful, uneasy part of doing this book because, yeah. you know, anybody that I shot in those first few years, it wasn't another like four, five, six <laughs> years until people got to see those photos. So yeah. at, at one point I, I created a blog just to like be an outlet for um, outtakes from the shoots. Didn't show the uh, the photos that were going to be in the book so that when the book came out, everything was fresh. Yeah. So even if you saw a photo that I took of Mark Marin before the book came out, you didn't see the photo of Mark Marin that's in the book, yeah. which is him holding a, uh, a sad fish. Yeah, he's like he's like in a kitchen with like a, a neighbor. Yeah, so, so yeah, that was, uh, is that a fish restaurant? in Queens right around the corner from where he lived and that that's something you know he said hey you know I really want to do a, a shot at this um, fishmonger place and uh, you know the guys will let me go behind the counter so th- we knew that we were going to do something like that so this was like Mark Marin New York City Mark Marin New York City. To LA, yeah. Mark Marin. so yeah. yeah I mean or like in between in, yeah. yeah in so, between a story of Mark ev- Marin <laughs> everyone in this everyone in this book it seems like you took their photos out as they were on the cusp or just about to kind of blow up. Yeah, so so I mean like I said, yeah. you know the uh it it was going to be bigger name people and yeah. up and comers and if you pick up the book now and look through like, it, you'll shit. be like who who's the up and comer and yeah. it's like half what... the people were up and coming back then <laughs> and now they all have HBO shows. Or, I mean, yeah, I got all the guys, except for um, one of the guys from uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Got Pete Holmes. Like, I mean, all these people have, like, some of them have production deals. Did it, like, now, <laughs> do you feel do you feel like that was just luck by being introduced? Or do you, or were, did, were you curating, like, oh, this guy's on to something? I, a little bit of both. You know, okay. some, some of the people said, hey, you need to photograph this guy oh, okay. because, you know, he's going to be big. I remember, I believe it was Paul Shear that, that, you know, said, Hey, you know, you should photograph this guy, Jordan Peele. And yeah. I said, okay. And, uh, emailed him and I, I think he got back to me and, and he either got back to me and then like the conversation just didn't continue or I didn't hear back from him. Uh-huh. And, um, I was working at the Apple store in New York. <laughs> this guy was buying an Apple TV for me and I rang him up and he gave me his credit card. And like I do every time I checked the card or the name of the card to make sure it matched and it was Jordan Peele. Are you shitting me? Yeah, so I said, hey, you know, I, I emailed you. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, all right, well, you know, next time you're in LA, let, let's do a shoot. And I, I'd really like to do it with my my writing partner, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we did that. And the, the shot that's in the book was... Uh, they took a break from the writer's room while writing season one of Key and Peele. That's incredible. So again, this was like fast forward six months or so. These guys are household names. Yeah. Uh, and fast forward a few more years and 
they're like big movie stars. And yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, Jordan Peele's his movie is like literally every, what everyone's talking about yeah. right now. Get Out, which isn't a comedy, but no. uh, but doesn't it, have to be. No, it definitely and, doesn't have to be. And every you know, and and for the record, you know, not everybody in the book is a comedian. You know, I get a lot of people. Being that was actually like, that's was not a comedian. Next. That's not yeah. a comedian. Well, huh. no, it's people that are that are involved in the comedy world. So like John Hamm, anybody that that knew him years ago knew that he would go to shows at, at UCB, you know, when he was a struggling actor and, you know, he was always there and he was always um, just a, a, a character within the scene. Yeah. Um, even though he's most, you know, known for Mad Men, I still think of him as like a comedic actor. And obviously yeah, I mean, since that, then he's done like I mean, 30 that, Rock and Yeah, I mean, White absolutely. Hot. I mean, like, you know, Nick Offerman, who we just talked about, he's mm-hmm. not, he's not a, a comedy guy. Like, right. he's not a stand-up or an improv guy. Well, his wife is, but but he's he's in that world, that ecosystem. Yeah. Well, he was a serious actor yeah. before Parks and Rec. Yeah. Why why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Got the rugged good look. So, 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 what, okay, now, now let's go to stories about, about this. Like, you shot, what'd you say, it was 240? Yeah, it was give or take. Okay, yeah. there's got to be just like that one story from this book where you're just like, this fucking guy. Or like, <laughs> this was the greatest day of my life. Like, I need to hear those types of stories. Yeah. I need you to basically spill the dirt on these Yeah, I, I don't have any dirt. Okay. At least none that I'm going to air. Okay, fair enough. Um, no, no, there there really <laughs> wasn't any any uh, bad experiences like that. Mm-hmm. I I would say, you know, the the shoot that kind of whenever people ask me like tell me about a great shoot the one that i or a few that i think of would be um john ham actually because i i arrived at his house and before we did the shoot he just wanted to sit down and um we had i think he was he had his coffee i was just drinking some water and we were talking getting to know each other and then we did uh, we did the shoot and then afterwards we uh he was like, "Oh, um, let me let me uh, get you something." And you know, I, I thought I misheard him. I was yeah. in another room, and he came back with a uh, with an iPod Shuffle for me, uh, with the uh, like in the box, like yeah, here? yeah. Like- so it was it was the um, it was a gift when when you're on like Jimmy Kimmel, he got, um, got a gift bag yeah. So so the Jimmy Kimmel logo is oh, on cool. the shuffle. Oh, that's cool. Um, so you know, I mean, something like that. He definitely it, didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that at all, you know, and and just, you know, that that's the kind of thing that makes you think like, all right, th- this is like a decent person. Yeah. And it makes it that much more of like a special experience. And like a couple of years later, um, somebody, um, I, I needed to photograph someone for a book by Mike Sachs. Mm-hmm. And he was like, who, who do you think you can get? And gave him a list. And he was like, Let, let's get John Hamm. I emailed him directly, and he was like, "Yeah." So, That's so cool. again, you know, like the a lot of the people throughout this process, you know, you say, "Oh, you you've got like every single person mm-hmm. in here." The people that are not in there are the people that I had to go through, like a publicist. Yeah. And anytime I had to go through a publicist, the answer, ranging from probably five minutes after sending my email to you know. Never weeks or, or never, yeah, <laughs> would always be no. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Publicists are gatekeepers in a way, but I do feel like in the comedy community more than any other enter- uh, piece of entertainment, com- comedians are a little bit more ex- accessible than the average yeah. band or the average movie star, the mm-hmm. average whatever. And I think it comes from a few things. I think it comes from it's a small knit com- community, and no one understands your plight as a comic like another comic. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of these guys talking, and then there's a lot of uh, if 
people have good experiences, they're going to tell their friends. Right. So if you have friends who are like, if you have comedians that you're shooting, they're like, oh, I had an awesome time taking photos with this guy. All of a sudden, they want to recommend you to other people because they're like, oh, yeah, he'll do this or he'll do that. Too. Yeah. So I think one of the, and I get asked for like, hey, do you have any advice for me as someone in the business? Mm-hmm. It's like, just be fucking nice to people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be nice. Talk to them like they're a human. Mm-hmm. And you never know who you're going to work with. Even if there's some like colossal asshole at a place where you're just like, that guy's such a fucking asshole. At some point, you're going to work with that guy at somewhere. He's going to change two jobs and end up being a boss somewhere, or he's going to do this, that, or the other thing, and, and he's going to be a gatekeeper to something you need. So it's just, yeah. just why, why, why be an asshole to people in burn yeah. bridges? So. You know, uh, it was uh, Bill Hader kind of had that same exact Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. So you're saying advice. I have the same philosophy as Bill Hader? Yeah, is what you're you saying? remind me a lot of Bill Hader, actually. <laughs> oh, there you go. Everything about you. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's true. Yeah, people... I feel like a lot of times people will ask me advice because they want me, you know, tell them how to get in touch with these people or put them in touch with them. And like, I, I, you know, nobody really did that for me in the beginning. So it's not that I don't want to help people like that, but really the only thing you need to know is the philosophy behind it. Yeah. Like you said, be nice to the people, respect their, their space and Mm -hmm. time and just back it up with something, you know, at, at a certain point I had enough work under my belt that uh, I actually used to walk around with an iPod touch mm-hmm. with the photos just on the it. This is yeah, on, pre yeah. Uh, or before I got yeah. an iPhone. And uh, and actually Bobby Lee was somebody I was waiting for a friend at um, at UCB in L.A. And I was killing time at the magazine shop on the corner. And Bobby Lee was there, and I, I was like, holy shit, you know, this is like my opportunity. If I yeah. blow this now... It's not going to happen. So, you know, I went up to him, you know, hi, you know, sorry to bother you. I explained who I was, what, you know, what I was trying to do. And I showed him photos. And um, I think it was after like showing him two photos. He was like, yeah, here's my number. Here's my email. I'm going out of town tomorrow, but I'll be back on Friday and we can do the shoot on Saturday. That's great. And that was it. And so like, because I had the work to back it up, yeah. You know, I wasn't some like creep some who dude. who's just trying to like get your information and and you know come over with a disposable camera <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and take your photo. Now, I've I've been a fan of photography for a long time. I actually have like you know a DSL SLR camera and I I shoot and you probably hear like everyone has this. It's <laughs> like oh I'm a I'm an Instagram photographer. I have a I have a phone. I am the shit. So <laughs> I have a camera so on my phone. Um, I. I have found that carrying that camera around, mm-hmm. just holding it in your hand, sometimes gets you places you don't need, you shouldn't necessarily oh, be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm sure that you've had opportunities where you're just like, "All right, well, I'm here because of this opportunity has presented itself." Yeah. And part of it's just having acting. First of all, it's acting like you belong there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and other times, it's just being like taking advantage of those opportunities. I know a lot of people are like, they're skittish to ask or they're skittish to yeah. do this or the other thing too. So it seems like a lot of the opportunities you've had has been like, hey, this is this is clearly an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of it and then just like kind of seeing it through and not being yeah. a total dickhead about it. So I mean, I'm I'm not one of those photographers that walks around with my camera. Like I have nothing against that. Like yeah. you know, I mean, th- they're great. My camera is just way too heavy and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm often, I mean, I, I have yeah. a day job, you know, yeah. so I'm doing other things. I can't just walk around with my camera. So, you know, when I do have my camera, it's because I have a purpose. Yeah. And like you said, you know, I mean, if, if you are confident enough and, you know, if somebody looks at you and thinks, oh, this person does belong yeah, yeah. here, 
then then yeah, you'll have that access. Um, and that's actually you know especially true when shooting bands. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, so. I can't tell you how many times I would go to a show with my camera and you say, I'm I'm here to to yeah. photograph the band, and they're oh, well, what's your name? They check the list, and if you if you're like irate about you know yeah. your name not being on the list, but it's supposed to be there, maybe you'll be able to get in. You know, depending <laughs> on who it is watching the door. Um, yeah, I've I've gotten into places that I definitely shouldn't have, you know, for <laughs> God knows what reasons. And you got the shot, right? And and yeah, but but you know, I mean, all the yeah, this, all this stuff. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this isn't you sneaking somebody out of yeah. right. Yeah, I the, book, the book stuff is yeah, yeah. is a hundred percent. You know, out, out of yeah, yeah, contacting the I person ahead pref- of time. I should have prefaced <laughs> this whole conversation with yeah. that. But yeah, so. this is for the listeners. The, yeah, this is absolutely yeah <laughs> for the listeners. If you're listening, this book is one hundred percent on the up and up. But yeah, shooting shows, you yeah, know, yeah. things like that. That's definitely. Um, yeah, there, there's the advice that I can give. There you go. You there know, you go. Have so, a purpose, <laughs> have the confidence, and have the, the work to back it up. There and, you go. All right, there's, there's, your, there's your, <laughs> your three pillars of what the... What That's the, the hat the, trick. So, now, this book isn't the only representation of your entire work. You've shot stuff for networks, too, like Comedy Central Records and Comedy Central DVDs yeah. and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So, uh, I know that I want to say why it's the next comedy per- person was yeah, you too. So that was that was me. Yeah, yeah and um, what was it? Um, Godfrey. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which album. It was Black uh, by Accident. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah, 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 doing the the so him doing like high a high kick. kick into yeah that one. Yeah, like I I've I've looked at your work. That's what I'm saying. Like is is people that don't necessarily know you by name know you by the work because they've mm-hmm. seen your work uh, around. So I mean, like, is there is there any uh, is there any f- you know anything you've shot for Comedy Central or for one of these outlets where you're just like, man, I totally nailed that one, or is it? Um, I mean, I'm I'm really proud of the uh, Noah Garden Swartz album cover. Blunt. Uh, blunt. Yeah. Okay. Why's that? Yeah. Uh, just because well, he's smoking a blunt out of an apple. Yeah. I, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. The the apple bong. Um, um, that was something you know we knew that we wanted to do. I was able to find a classroom to do it in. Oh, that's um, so cool. After hours, and, I'm assuming. No, no, it was actually a, a studio in Queens that oh, okay. has different rooms that look like different things. So that oh, was cool. their classroom room. Gotcha. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all all the Comedy Central stuff was like really exciting because um, again, that was a very collaborative thing that I got to do wasn't just me in a um, in a vacuum mm-hmm. uh, like the book stuff you know this was coming together with the people at Comedy Central you know Darren and Jeremy and um, you know speaking with the artist and, and bouncing my ideas off of them and the the reward is kind of like you know the this person that you didn't know before likes your ideas um, and and so you know, you become part of that process and execute it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, we did some, some awesome <laughs> albums, uh, with them and, and the DVD stuff. And, um, and years earlier, the, uh, the Reno 911 season six oh, DVD yeah, art, right. yeah. that was, uh, and that was actually what led to the state, um, photo the the entire yeah now this now the state photos are pretty incredible um and it was during a reunion show at sketchfest if yep. i'm not mistaken okay yep. so what's 2009 story be- so the story behind this is so let's see december 2008 i did the uh, reno 911 shoot okay and um that was um so i had i had known 
Tom Lennon and Carrie Kenny before that, and they kind of pushed to uh, to you know get me to be the photographer for that. Uh, they didn't push me. I didn't need to be pushed. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They pushed Comedy Tell Central. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went out to L.A. for that, and they were like, uh, "Hey, you know, we're um, we're actually going to be doing a, a state reunion next month in in San Francisco." And it actually, I had a um, a two week trip planned to L.A. to do shoots for for the book um, that kind of led up to when they were going to be in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's not, I'll fly up to San Francisco. Yeah, like, that's a, what, 45-minute flight? Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was easy. Um, and so, you know, during that month in between, um, we bounced ideas off each other. Um, we, we ended up having to go for something a little simpler. So, you know, it's a class portrait. Um, and I got that, you know, the magnetic board that, yeah. that they always have for... Well, I was always uh, thinking of, like, the soccer team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just looking like, at my <laughs> younger brother's Little League team. Yeah. That little thing. And oh, yeah, with the little white letters. The little white letters. Everyone's yeah. standing with, like, arms at their side, yeah. just kind of, like, yeah, straight Yeah, because you have just, to squeeze together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't know how to pose. You're, what, you're 10 years old? You have no idea how to pose yeah. in those orders. Oh, yeah. No, so, and, and it was great. Um, you know, and I, I had also, uh, show Walter was somebody that I photographed back in the Hebe days also. So okay. I knew him, I knew a few of them already. And, um, and so it was a lot of fun. And, um, I got to sit in on the rehearsals, mm. um, of their show, um, shot that cause I knew I wouldn't be able to shoot it while it was happening live. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, and it was just an, an awesome experience. They were all really nice people. Um, and I ended up you know, subsequently doing individual shoots with all of them mm-hmm. as well. That's great. Um, and that's, yeah. So in the book, it, it's got the portrait of all of them. And then each page after that, alphabetically, I've got them uh, in there. Um, yeah. And Very cool. Great, great group. Yeah. And I mean, and funny. I'm trying to think uh, like some of the other things that you've shot in addition to, I mean, I could talk about this book, this entire podcast, but I definitely want to touch on the fact that like you've shot a tremendous amount of other work too. Like Mike Perbiglia's sleepwalk with me mm-hmm. was something you shot. Was that the movie or, yeah. or, the, or the, the book? He no, did, it was the movie. He did poster. like three different versions of that. Show, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. No, that was the movie poster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, it was a very last minute thing. And when I shot that, the premiere at BAM was like, uh, I think it was less than a week later. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the premiere, they actually had the poster already. So that was pretty awesome to, to see, you know, your work that you just did, yeah. you know, five days prior uh, already, like in, in yeah, some I mean, physical that's a, form. It's got to be a great feeling. Like, you know, as, as like I said, as someone that likes taking photographs, like, I think it's super cool when someone shares my photograph with a mm-hmm. go, but like to see it as an actual representation of uh, uh, something that, like in Berbiglia's fa- terms, it like that is a huge representation of his life. Sleepwalk with me really did kind of like take him from here to here, mm-hmm. like, uh, because he turned it into a just book. For the listeners, oh, Matt yeah. uh, Matt's hand went from mid belly to top of head. <laughs> That's a that's a wrong Seth. A I went from top of head to mid belly. Uh, oh, okay. Ooh, 
Ooh. He's in the downswing. <laughs> and now the shirt's coming off. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for pointing out that sometimes people don't understand the, what, what I'm doing when I'm here acting. Here to hear. When I'm doing act outs on a podcast. Uh, but yeah, but like Sweetwalk with me was definitely that thing that like Berbiglia, he took it. He put it on Broadway. He turned it into a, 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 a play. He turned it into, he recorded it for a, an album. He... Turned into a movie, mm-hmm. you know. It, it was a book. I, I, think, I think I said book. Did I say book already? Anyway, but it's it's unbelievable. And so, like that is definitely the turning point of Mike Perbiglia. And like you documented that part of his life. Like that's got to really. I don't know how to say it other than the, it, it's got to be a mind fuck where you're just like, wow, I'm forever linked to this this project that Mike Perbiglia did. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's cool. I mean I, I you know if I can so if coy, I can be part Seth, you're being well, so coy. No, 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 it's no, awesome. I, I mean, it, there's no doubt whatsoever that it's awesome mm-hmm. to do that. But I, I just think it's it's fun to like, it's it's the the work working with these people because I'm not a comedian. Yeah. So you know, Neither this is yeah. yeah. So this is the the way that I can work with these yeah. people. I can use my talent, or you know, maybe some people won't call it talent, but <laughs> I call it talent. Uh, <laughs> you made a coffee table book that. Yeah. Just for the record, because uh, again, the visuals for audio, you made a coffee table book, and it's heavy enough that it could be used to commit murder. Yeah. So I think it's that five pounds <laughs> and eleven inches by thirteen inches. So you I don't do, know what that and is you stuffed all your talent into that. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, being able to say, hey, I, I worked with Mike Berbiglia, and I, you know, I've I've shot him a few times, and. Uh, and each time when I see, you know, what we came up with, it's it's just fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people. I mean, the reason I wanted to do this book is, I'm one of those guys who who loves, you know, a souvenir or like you know yeah. something like that. Like, you know, I like to have something physical in my hand, like a, a book. Um, you know, a lot of the photographers that have influenced me over the years. You know, I I go out and buy their books. You yeah. know, like Glennie Friedman's books, the mm-hmm. Fuck You Heroes, Fuck You Too, um, and um, uh, who else? Annie Leibovitz, yeah, uh, David LaChapelle, like all those books. I just love holding a big coffee table book and just you know flipping through it. Um, you know, I I couldn't see this book having the same impact, uh, smaller or even with like soft cover. Um, it is it is literally the biggest book of its kind and literally has the most comedians ever put together in one collection. I, I would believe that. I, I definitely would believe that. I mean, I don't know if it's true. I'm just going on your word here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> For those who can't see, <laughs> Seth is giving me a very sly look like, yeah, that's that's true. Don't fact check that. <laughs> We're in a post-fact world. <laughs> yes, this is very true. I'm living it, in the pre-fact world. <laughs> this is very true. Or the true. fact world. Now, you, there's a shot on your website that I was looking at. It's, uh, it's basically of Donald Glover like as like, the next comedy's new wave. Is this a role Rolling Stone shot that was yeah that was in Rolling Stone because it looks like it's like that Rolling Stone layout so like you shot for Rolling Stone no 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 oh Um, no that was that was all part of just the shoot for my book oh really and then I had an agency okay uh, and my photos would live you know at the agency and so Rolling Stone picked it up you know a lot of a lot of magazines over the years have uh, run my things that way um weirdest place any of your photos have ended up oh man um well years ago um i shot when uh when the strokes 
played at um, the uh, the Apollo okay. with David Cross yeah. and uh, Guided by Voices. Yeah, I shot the Strokes playing live, and that uh, that photo ended up in a um, German newspaper, Süddeutsche Zeitung. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sure I just pronounced that wrong, but okay. uh, very big newspaper, and uh, that was I think the first thing outside of like a school paper or anything like that where I got to see my, my photo mm. in uh, in print. So that was cool and, and weird. Yeah, because it's um, German. Yeah, that's anything German <laughs> you, is cool try, and weird. Well, did you try translating it? Like maybe was it like... No, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, no, but, like but the, they're all English. But like the... <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's actually a really great slogan. I've never heard of that, so I I, uh, I will steal that. Uh, no, but like I'm just wondering, like, you know, I don't know. Well, did you ever wonder what they were saying about like, was it a review of the show or was it just like... Yeah, you know, I, think, I think it who was... Who the fuck just, are these guys? No, I think it was just talking about the show and probably like whitest group of... Uh, <laughs> People at the Apollo assembled. A parade you know, of white folk yeah. goes the Harlem at the David Apollo. David Cross, <laughs> guided by voices and the strokes. It doesn't get whiter. It really does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it definitely really doesn't. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I, I, I want to hear more stories. Is mm-hmm. that is that like terrible to be just trying to pull all these stories out of you? Like, yeah. I, I, there's definitely like <laughs> no. there's clearly a story behind every one of these. Like, and like I kind of want to just flip and point to something. And be like, what's the story behind this? What's the story behind this? Like, you shot Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Like, Weird Al is a childhood like hero of people. Like, is he cool? Is he is Weird he a terrible Al, human being? Like, Weird what's going Al on? Is the coolest guy really ever? Yeah, really. Yeah, he's cool. That's good. To he hear. um. He's so cool. I, you know, I, I'm, I hope I'm not overstepping any uh, boundaries by saying this, but he lives in Heavy D's house. Really? Yeah. Oh, so he. <laughs> I bought... won't say where. Well, I'm but, assuming uh, Los Angeles. I don't know. Maybe. <sighs> Maybe not. <laughs> you also act like someone can listen to this podcast and just walk over to Heavy D Ma- Weird Al's house. Maybe it's not even the United States. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, he he uh, he was awesome and. He had a segue from, uh, you know, when he from tours. From the White Nerdy video. Yeah, White Nerdy. So <laughs> he let me ride his segue around his uh, his living room, which I had never ridden a segue before, okay. and I've never ridden one since. So <laughs> I can say that the only segue I've ever ridden was Weird Al's in his home. That's great. Um, <laughs> you see me rolling my segue. <laughs> Did that just roll over and over in your head as you were, as you were riding it? A little it? bit. Bro, you know, I, I mean... He, he is, and I told him this, I said, you you were the first artist, musician, whatever, whose like, entire work I wanted to own. So, I mean, by the time I, I got into him, he only had, I think, three albums. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I for my birthday in whatever, 1985 <laughs> or 86, I asked for, for all the, the old ones. So, yeah, um, what was it, Weird Al... Uh, the the self titled well there was in three D yeah they're even worse there's bad and yeah well those those are latter day so oh, so uh, I think yeah. I think dare to be stupid was the first one I owned and then yeah, anything that before that is what I asked for for my birthday gotcha gotcha so it was like yeah. t- I think it was two other albums maybe, I mean or it's three. Un- it's unbelievable that guy's career because you think about it like he's forty years at this point forty fifty yeah. maybe fifty years at this point. no 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 well I mean no, he started like, like late seventies early yeah seventy nine yeah. eighty so yeah like thirty seven thirty years he had his first number one record with his last record which was like the which was the end of his contract and he mm-hmm. doesn't think he's putting out albums anymore like yeah. I can't think of a better way to go up to go out that way but yeah. also he's outlasted 
almost everyone he's parodied. Mm-hmm. So there's something there to to it, and uh, I don't know, man. I just have a lot of like Weird Al's one of those guys where like I didn't love for a while, but like the more I learned about, him, I'm like, man, this guy just seems like like I don't know, like it's just one of those things. So yeah, I, he had a great behind the music. He was, did. Uh, it was yeah. one of the first ones too. It was. It was early on because he talks about like the, how Coolio didn't like the fact that he spoofed Gangster's yeah. Paradise and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Fucking weird. Yeah, man. or uh, <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, um, yeah, but do now. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we got way off topic. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, be- actually, it's funny because again, you know, with this whole like Ben Stiller show being yeah. the starting point, you know, so in my mind, 1992 onward is what this book was supposed to represent and more the kind of alternative world. Yeah. But, you know, when, when doing it and, you know, uh, Scott Ackerman was the one who originally put me in touch with Weird Al and, you know, Scott was one of the ones who, who helped me a lot with a lot of the people in here. Um, it, uh, you know, I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like, Weird Al is relevant to this book because he has maintained his relevance over the years because he changes with the times. Like, you know, anything he does is current at the time because that's just the nature of what he does. So, so yeah, I saw this, you know, and, and you, you'll see, you know, anybody who, who picks up the book and, and buys it, um, you'll see that, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a chronological thing at first, you know, the, the kind of early day guys. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's Weird Al. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was another one. You know, I, I figured, yeah, you know, he was he was big in the 80s as an actor, mm-hmm. but actually not a lot of people know that, you know, in the 90s onward, you know, was directing, more directing. But, stuff, yeah. but actually, like, the Jimmy Kimmel show was, you know, a he huge... Directed, he directed Kimmel? He directed Kimmel. I did yeah. not know that. So That's yeah, crazy. ton of episodes of Kimmel. Um, I hope I won't be fact checked on that, but I'm I'm almost a hundred percent positive. I'm not fact checking you. And yeah. By the time someone listens to some fact checks, well, we'll both not be in this room. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I think it was it, it was. Over a hundred episodes, maybe wow, that, that that's, he that's incredible. directed. I mean, so. I know he's directed uh, a lot of stand-up specials. Robert Kelly, whose yep. po- whose podcast we were in right now, he's directed his most recent special, at "The Village yep. Underground," right on the corner. So, like, yeah, he yeah. did, uh, and Mark Maron, he did, um, and uh, I want to say he did someone even more recently than Bobby's too. So, okay, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, it's it's funny, he's had this second life as uh, a director behind the scenes mm-hmm. kind of mover and shaker guy. It's, but it's, it's, a, it's speaking a, of shaking, okay. uh, shakes the clown. Oh, with, I think that. That was that you. was his first directorial. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, uh, his debut, and uh, I, I loved that movie at the time. Probably because like it's one of those things where it's like I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah, of course. But I am. Well, so, I mean, so know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's. That's crazy. It's like those early days where it's like you're a teenager and like, you know, like I got to go over to my friend's house and I got to go to his bedroom and mm-hmm. I got to put on headphones and I'm going to listen to the new Andrew Dice Clay record. Because yeah. like, I've absolutely oh, yeah. done that and I'm sure you have too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, I'm not going to listen to this. I, I, I'm, I'm not listening to this at home, but I want to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing about it was like my parents never gave me in, any inclination that they would be upset about that. Um Every once in a while, they get upset about like music I listen to having like just a curse in it. They're like, "What? Well, not that they're against cursing, but they're like, there's a time and place for that. Don't play that like you know in front of you, you know, a family full of people, mm-hmm. uh, or don't play the unedited version of a hip hop song that drops n bombs here and there right. because there's a party full of people. And remember that like you know you're a white dude saying things like that will get you in a lot of trouble. And I'm like, yeah. but that's what they say in the song. It's like, come on, like <laughs> we raised you better I- than that. 
<laughs> I think I think it was like the early to mid '90s when uh, my family we were all going on um, a family vacation, yeah. but we made sure my parents made sure to drop me or to uh, stop by. Well, you know, in, in California we had the warehouse that okay. was the the record store. Yeah. We stopped by there so I could pick up the new Two Live Crew album. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that was banned in the USA. It wasn't as nasty as they want to be. I already owned as nasty yeah. as they want to be. Um, so, you know, like my parents were, were cool like that. And like, I don't know how or why, but my brother owned Easy Does It, the, uh, the first Easy E oh, uh, solo. So, you know, and, and God, I mean, I, I had to have been under 10 years old at the time. Um, so, you know, I've, I've come up with, with yeah. that, but I don't know. I, you know, I, I feel like strategically using bad language is a good thing. Yeah. I think using it for the sake of using it, this is not going to turn into a PSA right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to isolate that last track and play that in 30 <laughs> seconds with, with the, the more to know yeah. arrow shooting. Up. The more you know. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and and I actually appreciate what, how my parents raised me and taught me about that kind of stuff. They never talked to me like I was a, a, a dumb kid, mm-hmm. but they knew I was a dumb kid. <laughs> I just might not have known I was a dumb kid, but they, uh, but they very much were like, "This is how this works. This is how this is going on. This is why you need to do this, that, and the other thing happens." And like they never, I never, I have friends who have parents who are like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, my mom only let me listen to Christian rock or blah blah. blah. So like, I grew up and listened to everything, like mm-hmm. hip hop. Alternative music. My mom and dad played Otis Redding, who's still one of my favorite singers today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I can for some reason sing you the Johnny Mathis Christmas record front mm-hmm. to back without missing a beat, <laughs> even all of his inflections. So, nice. and I think the same thing kind of happens with comedy too. Is like I watched stuff that I probably shouldn't have watched at the time I was mm-hmm. watching it, but at the same time, like I if I did. If I didn't get the joke, it's not a problem. Like, um, but my, I don't feel like my parents ever really put those restrictions on me because I think my parents were like, yeah, they just kind of taught me how this is how the world works. And if you say the N-word something, because even if you're rapping it from a two live crew song, someone's going to hear it and be offended or think that you're an idiot. So, like, just be aware that that's a thing and you either make the right choice or the wrong choice. Right. And uh, I would often make the right choice. So it never really kind of, it never really kind of became a thing. But, yeah. Uh, well, for, for me, like, you know, the, before the um, Dennis Leary and, and Adam Sandler and, and Ben Stiller stuff, like I was, li- oh, I think there's a bird. Yeah, it in sounds the like studio. a bird like just flew into the studio somewhere. <laughs> You've heard it's that on too. my shoulder. <laughs> okay, I don't what? think these, I don't think our listeners heard it, but I definitely was like, "Where's a bird yeah. in here?" Somewhere? Now I know how Mark Marin feels. Yeah, exactly. Whenever a dog is barking, yeah, um, or a bird is chirping. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was listening to um, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. I was listening to Bill Cosby, which yeah. now the the two of them make sense <laughs> that they would have, uh, you know, <laughs> at the same time. And I, I don't know why there's a Bill Cosby record in this place. Well, this <laughs> this 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 wall behind us is basically things that Bobby's fans sent him. Okay. So like, there's uh, so so it's ironic. Yeah. So there's like some nuts stuff. There's like undercover Ninja Turtles. There's Bill Cosby albums. There's uh. We have we have a a penis dildo gavel. Oh, nice! Type of thing going on here. There's a flashlight somewhere. Uh, a bunch of there, Boston there's stuff. There's a flashlight everywhere. Yeah, because he's from Boston. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> Shades but, Kelly. That's new. I didn't see that yet. Jason Chatfield, the animator. 
uh, was pro- uh, must have drawn that. Nice. Yeah, because Shades Kelly is a, as a character. He used to he used to call himself Shades Kelly was when he was a lifeguard. Okay, and, uh, and when uh, as a child he had like one of those cassette boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but he didn't fill it with cassettes. He filled it with sunglasses. Nice. And he, and he wrote Shades across. I, it, I had so. a cassette box. So he, he had <laughs> briefcase. His, so as a counselor, he had his kids call him Shades. <laughs> that's so funny. that's where I think that comes from. But yeah, he also has a uh, captain's hat. The or uh, the um. Oh, skipper. Yeah, there's a skipper cat here. Cap here. I mean, obviously, the right over here is the uh, the Patricia O'Neill cap because he because he was really good friends with Patricia uh, O'Neill. But that's very nice. So, uh, you know, uh, speaking of which, actually, it's it's a it's it's a weird segue, but sure, let's make it. Uh, there's some like you you have a photograph of like a Harris Whittles in here, mm-hmm. and Harris is no longer with us. Right. So, like, is there anything? Is, are there any photos of people that you're just like, oh man, like I'm I'm glad I got that photo because that person's no longer with us, or is there someone who are like, man, I wish I got a shot that guy, or yeah. or or like, oh, I'm glad I shot this person because in another few months they'll be dead. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Is there anything? Like, is, are there anything like that? Because it's. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, well, so um, the last photo in the book is um, is one that you know doesn't necessarily fit into like the mold of like what everything else is um dude, let's see i'm getting there it. Oh. um it was uh not ken ober ken ober the host of uh remote control yeah. which you know there there you go again actually because that's where like adam sandler and dennis leary kind of came up and yeah. um and um colin quinn so yeah, I photographed him, and I think like a year or two later he passed away. Yeah. Um, so you know, I was I was glad that I got to to meet him because you know remote control was like for me that was kind of the heyday of uh, MTV. of MTV. Like hey, if you're gonna do something that's not music videos, a show like Remote Control is is what to do. Yeah. And for anybody that wasn't alive then or or didn't see it. I think they they have some on YouTube or something. I'm sure you can find them online. Look or them up. Oh, it was so much fun. And that that's show. where Colin Quinn cut his teeth too. Yeah, you know, Colin so. Quinn, Kari Wurr, Sandler. I want to say Sandler. Yeah, he was a uh, he was Stickpin. That was one of his characters. <laughs> yeah, I want to say Sandler. Um, too, so, but yeah, so so and you know Harris. I mean, God, he was. I, so I'm not young. gonna I'm not gonna go on and say like I knew him really well. I mean, yeah. I I met him at his house when we did the shoot and. Um, and we had some some correspondence uh, after the shoot as well. Um, you know, I, I wish I could have um, gotten a copy of the book to him and and heard you know what he thought. I know he said he loved the photo of him, and I, I think he even said his parents uh, liked. I can't remember. Maybe that's just something I put in my head. Like <laughs> everybody's parents loved the photo I took of them. So yeah, you look I mean so that's, handsome. <laughs> that's what your mom says. You look so handsome. But. Th- th- that was one that I was I was happy I got and yeah, yeah I mean there were definitely people I, I definitely you know wanted to get uh, Greg Giraldo mm. um, he was one that I was going to or that I was pursuing and Mitch Hedberg yeah. I mean, obviously and and the the worst part of that is uh, I know it just raised my voice sorry right, my the roommate are still fine <laughs> <laughs> my roommate and I you know we knew that Mitch I think he was it was either at Joe's pub or, or somewhere like that in the city. We were like, oh, let's go. And, and we probably decided to just stay home and, and get stoned or something. Yeah. And we're like, we'll catch him the next time of he's course. in town. A week later, he died. So we never <sighs> got sucks. the chance to see him live. Oh, that's um, 
And, you know, m- maybe in a way that's good. I don't know how that show went. From from what I hear, some of the shows were were spotty. Um, so at least, you know, yeah. in my mind, I get to, like, maintain that, like... The pristine vision the, of The them. pristine vision, yeah. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I would have loved to have photographed him or just met him, you know. Yeah. Photographing, you know, for me, I don't... I don't go up to people on the street. I don't ask for uh, autographs, you know, unless it's like, you know, I'm going to like yeah. a book reading or signing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but I don't go up to people and ask for their autographs. I don't necessarily ask if I can take a selfie with them. For me, yeah. the equivalent is, can I do a photo shoot with you? And me being able to take the photo of them is the proof that I was there with them. Yeah, um, I mean, you have that special ability because I, I, I kind of operate in the same way. I, like, in a way, I'm very much in the comedy industry, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, I'm not. And I'm, a, I'm a kind of a fanboy of some stuff too. Like like after this podcast, I'm going to ask you to take a picture with me. So okay. just be prepared for that. I'm ready. But if you were a comedian, I, pr- I, I this is probably the only circumstance which I would ask for that. We've hung for an hour. We're doing this specifically for this promotional reason. We're doing this because, or you're a friend and want to hang, and it's a document that. But like, if you're hanging out, uh, you know, backstage somewhere, and I'm there because I'm kind of working or supposed to be there, like, I'm not going to come up and be like, "Hey, man, let's get a selfie," and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with people that do that. But to me, I feel like it. I feel like I've benefited very well from being a a friend and just chill first and mm-hmm. it's kind of helped me open doors because you know it's, I, comedians are skittish sometimes yeah. they're like very like oh who's this guy come up with me so like I just kind of hang out and not be annoying and I found yeah. that hanging out and not being annoying and just kind of like talking when talk when spoken to and just kind of let, not trying to jam myself into a conversation it's it's worked better for me than yeah. just being hey man can you selfie Another uh, another important <laughs> thing that I've I've learned over the years just you know having known people uh like this is like just because I've taken a photo yeah. of them or done a shoot with them, like I don't go around saying they're my friend. No, you know, not at all, not and, at all. And uh, and think like being realistic. You know, w- one story that always uh, comes to mind. I mean, Annie Leibovitz, like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I mean, she's yeah uh, amazing. She's, like, yeah, her Rolling Stone stuff. You know, if you think about like um, Whoopi Goldberg in a bathtub of milk, such a simple concept, but just so awesomely executed but she went bankrupt yeah and you know one of you know some of the the chatter is like well you know when you're photographing people who are mega rich or whatever like you you have to remain grounded because you're just photographing them you're not you can't live vicariously through them you're not rich you know some people some photographers are, but yeah. you know most people aren't. So you you have to remember that you have to. If I recall, you did like, just mention you have a day job. So yeah, you know, yeah, I've, I, and I've maintained a day job for for years. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm with Colossal Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody needs any hand painted walls, um, <laughs> contact us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to make it <laughs> No, it's uh, Andy Leibowitz and Whippy Goldberg. Yeah, so um, you know, just kind of. Like you, you, you're an outsider looking into this world. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not necessarily part of it. And, you know, some people do integrate into the world, but, um, but I, I, I maintain a level of like humility of like, you know, realism that, yeah. and, and some of them, you know, I, I can say are my friends, but yeah. I'm not going to go around saying like, 
everybody in the state is my friend. No, no, and I and um, I didn't mean it that way. I mean, yeah. what, oh no, no, I'm not. This isn't yeah. a reaction to anything okay. you said. I, I just, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, will will see like all these people I photograph, and they're like, oh man, you must be rich. Yeah. Like, well, no, but the people I photograph are. Yeah. And they're getting richer. <laughs> and they've given me an iPod <laughs> shuffle. Yeah, and and look, you know, everything that I've done over the years has, has taken me to where I am. You know, the, the comedy central work came from, uh, well, the, the album stuff came from the book being out. Um, but you know, before that, just having worked with these comedians and if they had a good time working with me, they'll recommend me for something. And, and so it's, it's just like kind of maintaining that professionalism that that's, that's other advice I can, I can say just Just be be professional don't don't overstep your bounds mm. uh know your role <laughs> and uh and just have a good time make sure the person you're you're working with is having a good time yeah. and that that's that's across the board it doesn't just have to be photo uh, photography okay yeah i mean it's, it's great advice it's, it's great advice and i kind of operate the same way just like you know act like you've been there <laughs> no need to go into a flashy room and take a photo of everything. Just kind of like you've been there and chill, and uh, good things will come from that too. I I firmly believe that. I want to leave. I, I want to leave this. Uh, I want to end this interview with two questions. Two mm-hmm. last questions. One was the iPod Shuffle the weirdest thing you've ever gotten from a celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you were going to give me both oh, questions. Oh, I can no, give no, them no, both no. at the same time if you want. No, 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 no. Okay. I'll, I'll answer okay. that. The answer is no. Okay. Um, I I received a juicer. Uh, <laughs> okay. From uh, Rob Cordry. Uh, <laughs> well, like, after, he was, hey man, here's a juicer. Was he just trying I, to get rid of it? I or? think it was that he was just trying to get rid of it, and I just happened to be there. I was like, okay, yeah, I've got I've got Rob Cordry's juicer now, uh, still in the box. Okay. I and and you know I should have had him autograph it. it Something so, so stupid of me yeah. to not do. Hey that. Rob, can you sign this juicer? <laughs> and. Uh, Best story, best photography story. Like, like uh, I think we kind of we we started touching on this earlier, and we came from the book. Like, all around, like, oh my god, that was the best experience front to back. Like that, you know. Are there any, or did we kind of touch uh, upon them all? Was it Weird Al on the Segway? That's I mean, I mean, Weird Al on the Segway might be up there. Those those were up there. Yeah, um, yeah I mean. I hate to be one of those people who's like, oh, they were all great, you know, because they weren't. <laughs> they really weren't all okay. great. All right. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna generalize right now that um, you know the the best shoots I've had are the ones where it just clicks from the start, and and that's when you can like, you know, when when you're thinking on the same wavelength as the the person you're photographing. You can start to get really weird with yeah. stuff, um, <laughs> and and <laughs> when you're all into those ideas, yeah. I mean, it's n- not that it's like weird or anything, but um, uh, Todd Hollebeck from the state, yeah, uh, the photo in the book is him holding a newspaper that's on fire, yeah. and you know we were inside his apartment, <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's let's light that newspaper on fire and have you hold it. And uh, I mean, he had a there was a, yeah, yeah. a fireplace behind him, mm-hmm. um, but um, you know, I mean, how many people are going to be like, yeah, let's light a fi- an uncontrollable fire <laughs> in my home? Uh, so you know, stuff like that. Um, Reggie Watts, um, you know, doing the uh, I that idea came about before uh, the shoot. Uh, it's him like 
opening up his stomach to reveal a, a computer chip inside because <laughs> I always thought of him as like half man, half machine. Yeah, it's a good way of thinking. Uh, of it. a, a cyborg. <laughs> um, I mean, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just kind of I know lame, lame answer. It's not a but, lame answer, but it's just like some of these photos are so great. Like you have guys that have been in, their faces are in mailboxes, yeah. and Dave Holmes is like unwrapped in a box. Yeah, I mean that was an awesome one, the yeah. the Dave Holmes one. Um, yeah, it's like uh, kind of seven inspired. Uh, yeah. What's in the box? In the box? <laughs> yeah, and face off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible it's an incredible book, Seth. I I really got to commend you and say like oh, I, 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 awesome job on it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Your work kind of speaks for itself. So I think that as long as people know that they're looking at uh, a Seth Olenek original mm-hmm. photograph, uh, I think you're good to go. So where can people pick up this book? Where should they go to your website? Should they go to so, Amazon or yeah, no, not on Amazon anymore. Um, okay. They take too much. It's not cool, and Bastards. they and they expect you to ship it really fast. And this book is, uh, I mean, five pounds and it's eleven by thirteen. It's uh, it's not not the cheapest thing to send. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, on your computer, you can go to my website, so sethollinick.com, mm-hmm. um, and from there, you know, you can buy the book. Um, That's O L E N I C K. Yeah, O L E N I C K. It'll be on your website. Yeah, too. we'll put a link to it on there. But you know, um, if you don't happen to be in front of the website, SethAllenek.com. Yeah. And if you are more the type of person who wants to purchase things from your phone, yeah, you can go to tinyurl slash funnybizbook, um, and uh, or funnybusiness.bigcartel.com. Gotcha. Those are the three different ways. Very cool. And well, and I'll I'll give you guys a. Um, a coupon code to to get some money off for your listeners. Oh, cool! Yeah, we'll post that on the we'll post that on the website as well too. So, very very awesome. very cool. Uh, now should people just look you up on social media as well to see if they yeah, can you see can some of these that. photos? Yeah, Instagram. I'm at uh, Smotown. That's S M like Matt. Like S Motown. <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's Motown with an S at the okay. beginning. Smotown. Uh, <laughs> And um and yeah on Twitter just Seth Olenek but um I don't know I'm not on Twitter or Facebook as much but Instagram you get to see photos of these comedians and just stupid shit that comes out of my head. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if I actually have fo- I'll follow you on Instagram. Oh, I have to do that. Yeah, you I, can. I know because we've we've been we've been friends with each other. Well, for, we've known each other for a yeah. while. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're friends, you, Seth. You can call me an acquaintance. Okay. Yes, this guy <laughs> I know named Seth Olenek. <laughs> but you've well, actually you've also shot for the Laugh Button too. So you, I have. You yeah. shot our our, uh, our our superhero fantasy draft at, yeah. at, at Comic Con, which that was uh, awesome. Which, Danny Tamborelli. Danny Tamborelli really for the win but here's the unfortunate thing about it and we reference this show a lot on this podcast Mm -hmm. i've never released the audio of this podcast because we recorded it but the guy running the board at the at the the venue like ran it out so hot that like the audio is terrible so it was something we fully intended on on releasing to the world right but uh, it just it sounds so bad and like I feel bad like part of me is like ah eh, put it out there let people know that audio is terrible but if you want to listen to it whatever the other part of me is like no we got to put out a superior product yeah every, each and every time so like I'm torn but I feel like at this point it's also been like, six months now since yeah. the, that time but well, this, one of these days we'll do like a lost episode of like the the superhero fantasy drift because that was a blast yeah I mean you're, you're only as good as your last shitty podcast yeah I guess you know so. what you know what that's my or maybe like I'll give it to an audio guy who knows audio maybe he can clean it up for me I yeah. don't know, so. I, you know that was a packed room packed so 
you know, I mean, it can also just be something that those people Yeah, that's shared. true, too. I mean, I videotaped it, and, okay. I, and I recorded the audio with the full intention of making video available by yeah. running the audio off of the board. Uh, but there was no audio on the actual no. video. No. Uh, <laughs> it was shoot. just like, I got screwed all around, man. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll have to, next we'll, year's... Yeah. Next you know, year, I'm having... Next year, I put a couple boom mics in there. I'm going to have, like, three people working it, so... It was, uh, it was a fun time. It was. It was a very good time. So, I, I, I want to say thank you publicly for, for doing that for us. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, you can go... Check out Seth's photos of of that event because you can't find it anywhere else <laughs> on the leftbutton.com. And you can also find out more about Seth and his book at SethOlenick.com. Seth, I would like to thank you for coming to the Left Button yeah, Podcast. Thanks for having uh, me. I love talking to people in the comedy community that aren't just specifically comedians about the, the art and craft of comedy. I think photography is very important. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you know a lot of comedians are very visual. Uh, they have very, like, Either they have a goofy look or a goofy whatever, or they make goofy faces. It's part of their act, and I think that photography is a perfect complement to what uh, these guys do on stage is just documenting There's this. Nothing wrong with documenting a bunch of funny people. Nope, not at all. So, uh, thank you, Seth. Thank you. And that'll, uh, that'll do it for our interview with Seth Olnick. Hopefully uh, we learned about all the, f the photos. I actually got a, ha a handful of photos I'll put up on the website as far as the companion pieces. So like, he talks a lot about some photos he took. Obviously it helps if you actually have access to these photos. So I'm going to make sure a couple of those are up on the website. Has he shot you yet? He has not shot me. Mm. I, uh, I am elusive when it comes to uh, comedy photographers. Uh, I do not really try hard to, uh, to to get myself seen in, in comedy. There's uh, one picture of me doing comedy <laughs> for the one time I did comedy. I, I, you know what it is? Like, I, I, I prefer myself to be more of a behind-the-scenes guy. So, like, you know, if there's a photo of me uh, with, a, with a comedian or... And we talk about this, obviously, in the interview, but we, we, if there's a photo of me with a comedian, it, it probably wasn't taken by me or my idea. Uh, I'm just more of a behind-the-scenes dude. So, yeah, so that'll do it for the Laugh Button Podcast this week. Uh, I want to thank Bram for coming back on the podcast. No problem. Visit thelaughbutton.com for all things we have going on. I would like to uh, I would like to extend you to follow us on the socials. Anywhere you can type in at the Laugh Button on any of the socials. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, definitely uh, hit us up. You can email us at podcast at thelaughbutton.com. Uh, it'll be super awesome. Send me some notes. See what's going on. And uh, Bram, you can be found on. Uh, you can find me at Bramfetamine on the Instagram mm -hmm. Bram Filter on the Twitter and MetalInsider.net tips yeah. at MetalInsider.net if you have any tips or suggestions <laughs> or comments about my driving <laughs> or Mastodon or Mastodon so uh, so yeah so that'll do it for uh, the Laugh Button Podcast uh, thanks for uh, tuning in subscribe tell your friends and uh, feedback and make this thing bigger uh, till then see you later bye